Hello, welcome to the Modern Musclehead Podcast. This is Scott Tuzanov, MetabolicMasterpiece.com, along with Brian Cron, BrianCron.com, Paul Teal of VisceralShift.com. Today, we're going to be talking about listening to your body in regards to training, <laughs> lifestyle. Should be a fun, uh, fun discussion here. Something that I think takes time. I think it's something that you really have to evolve up to the point with sometimes it, it, it's really tough in the beginning when you're getting into all this stuff to listen to your body it's it's almost best to just have a structured plan just go at it and focus on progressions through numbers and stuff like that but as you learn more about um as, as you get more comfortable with all that it becomes a little bit easier to to listen to your body while you're training and during nutrition and you guys want to open up with any kind of insights you want to start with training you want to start with nutrition lifestyle in general um there's so much it's a it's a pretty big topic but uh i'll try to keep this short sweet and to the point uh yeah i i, I don't think most people should listen to their body when they're, <laughs> <laughs> when they're dieting but in the sense of hunger yeah yeah, yeah. Ma- managing hunger yeah. uh i know I, that's an interesting that's yeah. an interesting point because uh, yeah, you're you're feeling the hunger, and yeah. you wanna you wanna feed into that hunger. But then it does it helps to pay attention to are are you really hungry? Yeah. Or just um, bored? Yeah. Bored? Yeah, bored. What, what's going on with your day? Are are you dehydrated? Uh, did you have a shitty night's sleep last night? Are you bored? Are you emotional? Like what mm-hmm. what, what what's really going on? So it really does mm-hmm. it really does pay off to pay attention to your body during that and kind of recognizing what real hunger is when you feel satisfied and just kind of embracing that little bit of hunger exactly. when it comes to nutrition. I think your point, Brian, is it's not a case of not listening to it. It's about how you think about what you're hearing and feeling. Yeah, yeah, exactly. When you, when you feel that hunger, really, you really got to dig in and work out what it means. What is it? I mean, if, you, if you're in an aggressive cut, you're supposed to be hungry a lot of a lot of the time, right? So it's actually a really positive cue. And I've got a post upcoming about that. Actually, just just you know how to take uh, thoughts, feelings, emotions, and actually translate them into something positive all the time as much as possible. Um, and I think hunger in that situation, as you say, you you really are supposed to be hungry. So listening to your belly there and thinking like hungry, gotta eat, not gonna work. Yeah. Right. No, it's, yeah. Uh, yeah, if you're in a cutting phase and you're, well, oh, I never feel hungry or whatever, then you should be feeling and recognizing different degrees of hunger as well. Like, I, I love going to bed feeling just that, that little bit of hunger. Pardon me? I can't go to bed hungry. You can't go to bed hungry? Nope. That's I'm interesting. Baby. Yeah. See, I, I enjoy that. I enjoy going to bed, feeling a little light, feeling a little hunger. Um, towards the end of a cut, sometimes that hunger is a little bit greater. But to me, that's kind of mm-hmm. it, it sets the tone for me. I feel I feel pretty good. And then I wake up feeling nice and light and uh, a little hungry from that point. It's just sleep quality. I sleep better on a full yeah. stomach. Bottom line. Yeah, yeah that's, that's important. Yeah. And that, that's that's I think that's a great I think that's a great point. Um for this this topic like really being rather than listening to what someone else says like they it, it's probably where this whole don't eat after seven o'clock sure. you know, like, brian and i resonate with that um my workout partners they respond really well to that but just because it works for us 
uh, doesn't mean it's going to work for you. You really have to pay attention yourself. You can't just follow someone else's guidelines to a T. You've got to really, it's okay to follow in the beginning, but pay attention to shit, yeah. having a shitty sleep. And, and that's worse off than going to bed hungry because that can that can have negative impacts on your results and, and yeah for me it's just a case of I, I don't eat particularly late i won't eat much past eight o'clock eight o'clock's for no other than it's just practical challenges i go to bed an hour and a half after that and i don't want to eat right on top of bedtime but uh for me i'd rather be i'd rather be hungry most of the day when i'm busy and active and then take in the bulk of my calories later in the day uh and sleep on a full stomach just 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 helps with a lot of things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's whatever fits your lifestyle. Is that's the whatever like will allow you to be the most compliant. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That's, that's the biggest thing, certainly. But yeah. I mean, I got I got guys who we institute that no eating after seven p.m. eight p.m. thing. We what we do is we literally we pretend that it's a real thing, and just because they need this artificial, they need that wall. Yeah, otherwise you know. <laughs> So we pretend like it's fucking gremlins. Like if you eat after 8 p.m., like, you, like you're going to turn into, you know, all hell's going to break loose. So, yep. I mean, it, you know, it's it's silly and it's childish, but it's something it's so easy for them to follow. And then they just don't make bad choices. Because if they if you give them a little bit of freedom, especially when they're tired and they're stressed and they've had a long day, they're not going to just eat, you know, a, a few stalks of bro broccoli and, you know, some, some dry chicken. They're going to they're gonna have comfort food. So you, you kind of... For a while, we'll put up this wall. Okay, you're not allowed to eat after 8 p.m. Yep. And, you know, it works. I mean, as long as you realize why it's working. Like, there's not yep. some yeah. There's not some physiological voodoo taking place. It's just, it's all psychological. So Yeah, like the fasted cardio in the morning yeah. or whatever. Yeah. yeah, just skipping breakfast for some people, whatever. It's not, yeah, there's no voodoo behind it. It's just, it's a rule. I think we all yeah. respond well to having some sort of set of rules in place to follow initially especially at first yeah yes at, at, in the beginning and pay close attention to how you're responding to that and then make any necessary adjustments based on how your body's responding yeah yep. totally totally yeah all about awareness i think that's listening to your body that's kind of where i think it's kind of falls under the awareness and mindfulness and and really it's 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 broad and that uh, it applies to every single thing that we're doing throughout the day and i mean we're just rushing to get on this uh this podcast right now and i think brian and i at least were scarfing back i mean i was whipping up my eggs in, in the last 10 minutes before i i got in here and as i was rushing it down so i didn't enjoy that meal as much as i could have and i think when i do really take my time to eat the meal and kind of savor every bite. I find it, satis <laughs> it, it satisfies me. It really does. And when I rush, you know, I rush through it, like scarfing it back, it's like, just go, go, go. It's, it's very easy to continue picking. But if I really take my time, enjoy that meal, savor every bite, I appreciate it a lot more. It seems to satisfy me more as well. Maybe it's all in my head. I don't fucking know, but uh, it works. It, wor it works for me. So it, and it's, it's a good practice to begin with because our lives are so freaking crazy and chaotic anyways. Freaking slowing down, enjoying your meal. Um, I think it plays, uh, it can play a big role in your success uh, throughout a cutting phase, especially. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that going back to the, you know, listening or not listening or thinking differently about how you feel, like hunger in particular is a really odd one because you can eat 
a pretty good sized portion of food calorie wise and be hungry very soon thereafter, which you know doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. Physiologically, it, it, it's, you, you know, you have the full stomach, you've just taken in 800 calories of food, you, 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 you should not be hungry. And so what you're, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot of potential there for misinterpretation of how you're feeling and, you know, misreading cues and signals from your body and that digestive process that you're going through. Um, cause it will pass. You know, I've quite, quite often noticed that half an hour afterwards, I'm still feeling hungry. Wait an hour. I'm feeling comfortable. And so as again, it's, it's about observation before action, really. Yeah. You know, you, you've really got to sort of understand how your body works and that can vary that feeling and sensation can vary with different food types too oh right. yeah that's where the, like the macro composition everyone says that doesn't matter it doesn't matter it's like it's once you get into the more the nuances of this that's where that starts to to matter a bit more like, yes you know, like the, the macro composition of the meal like yes yeah. you know if you just eat a no protein no fat just a big dose of carbs for a lot of people it's just not that it doesn't satiate yeah. You know, some people does, but again, it's exactly. Just, yeah. Yeah. And sometimes just having like a heavy protein based meal, even though protein tends to be more yeah. satisfying, it still may yeah. kind of need those carbs in there to really feel complete. Yeah. It feel like you ate a complete full meal. It's fats. Yeah. It's fats for me. Uh, protein doesn't mm-hmm. fill me up. I, I can eat endless amounts of protein and still feel hungry, but fats uh, kind of have a pretty satiating effect on me. I, it's funny though when I get people like I, I always steer towards higher protein intakes, you know, mm-hmm. especially doing fat loss, like higher than like certainly higher than the RDA and all that. Yeah. Um, but I find that a lot, some people give them too much protein, their their sweet cravings go through the roof. Especially if they, after they have a really heavy protein meal, they'll just they'll they'll email me like you know I, I'm just dying for some you know for, for some candy or for something you know whenever I eat this high protein dinner. So it's just. It, for some, it can trigger that. So, yep. you know, give them a little bit to satiate them. That can work, you know. And that's uh, where awareness comes in. Like, those are the yeah. things that really pay off to document, to be aware yeah. of. Like, that's where tracking your meals really comes in handy. And then making note, how do you feel during the meal? How do you feel yeah. after the meal? And, like, like an hour after the meal, a few hours after the meal. And, yeah, mm-hmm. if a meal kind of sparks some mm-hmm. sweet tooth action going on there, then it's, yeah. it's, it's a sign something, something's going on. So I say, you know, have a diet soda, but now I just read it. Fuck it. It causes all sorts of crazy <laughs> brain cancer. So I'm like, okay, can't do that no more. So damn, uh, running out of options. Just put it on the list. Yeah, Jello. <laughs> I used to do that. I did that one year when I was dying. I was just a, a sugar-free Jello freak. That was just, oh, that was horrible. <laughs> yeah. Probably like three packets a day. Uh, Oh, it'll be 20 again. Yeah. <laughs> but going back to something like what Paul said, like really paying attention, like after a meal, when you know you shouldn't really be hungry after a big satisfying meal, it really kind of depends on where you're at in your journey for someone who um, has refeeds, kind of planned refeeds or just listening to your body type refeeds. If it's been, if it's been a few days, uh, even close to a week where you haven't had a really good refeed and you have a big meal and that doesn't satisfy you, you eat more food and you still don't feel satisfied. Uh, that's to me, like I experience those when, when I go several low calorie days in a row. Um, I just, 
and, and especially if I train pretty hard on, on legs or back and all of a sudden my appetite, I just can't be satisfied. Those are days where I'm like, even if it's not planned, I'm like, this is, it's a refueling yeah. day for me. My body is trying to tell me that I need to, I need to refuel up. So I, I give into that for a few meals. Like I'll have a couple big meals back to back to back and my calories will be a little bit higher. I used to run into trouble where it would just be like a whole day. I'd be, I'd get to that yeah. point where I was full and satisfied, but then keep going when it's just not necessary. So it's, yeah. it, it pays to, to listen to your body and, and, if it really does, if, if you don't seem to be satisfied, feed it, but do it intelligently. Don't, yeah. don't go in excess where you get to that point of feeling full and you just keep going there. Yep. Yeah. I'd be really careful there though. I mean, I mean, geez, like knowing when to refeed, like that is something I, you know, obviously we're all online and seeing what other people are doing. And I yeah. see a lot of people just justifying their, you know, just by having a, wanting a binge, and saying, oh, I need this refeed. I need this refeed. So I think you have to be really, really astute with your physiological cues that you actually need this. I yes. mean, uh, it's something I think like, 90% of people are going to misread that. Yeah, I know exactly. Yeah, you're probably right. It probably is up there. I'm going to put myself in that camp too, right? I mean, I, I would be able fairly easily to convince myself that yeah. it's been three weeks, four weeks of decent deficit and you know i've the scale is stored for 10 days now and a, a refeed is the key because i can't cut my calories and i can convince myself of that pretty easily versus find another 50 calories 100 calories wait a little bit longer add an extra half hour session a week of cardio right there's, there's lots of choices but i can convince myself i need that refeed and there's the yeah. difference right there there's like yeah. awareness that's awareness it, I've been at that point where I have have those conversations. I'm trying to convince myself that, oh yeah, yeah, I can yeah. do this. I <laughs> know, I know when I'm friggin' yeah. trying to build a case for, oh yeah, yeah. I deserve this refeed. Right yeah, it's a completely different thing when when you're really feeling, holy shit, I am not satisfied right now. I need more food. It's it's yep. it's a feeling, and yet I honestly, it's it's probably just been the past year or two where I've really yeah. been able to recognize that and kind of auto-regulate my refeeds. I've been at this for a long time. I, I really think that's where I really enjoyed the structure of going three days low calorie, kind of a little mm -hmm. lower carb and then bumping it up, having that that carb cycling approach. Yep. And then I, I would gradually extend it. I got to that point where really three days low, one day high worked really well for a long time. It would still work really well yeah. for me right now. But then I thought, well, if I want to get a little bit more aggressive with this, let's see how much longer I can push the lower days. And I go four, five, six days. I'm like, yeah. this is this is good. And six kind of works well. And But having that set structure really helped me kind of build that sense of awareness and, and kind of challenge myself to push another day in a, in a lower calorie and in a more aggressive deficit um, and kind of being aware of those signals that, that's going yeah. on. And then... Yeah, so it takes time. It's not something I would throw in in a beginner or even in an intermediate and say, listen to your body here for your refeed. I think it's important to kind of have a structured refeed um, system in place and kind of challenge it as you progress along. Yeah, like I just used one on a, on a, a girl I'm coaching, and she was, uh, and the way I knew she needed one is we were about as low as I felt comfortably going in calories. You know, I didn't want to start adding more work right now. Uh, I verified her compliancy twice, like both, you know, what she told me and looking at her log, 
you know, I ask some kind of leading questions where you usually find out where people are actually overeating when they think they're being really accurate. Mm-hmm. And everything looked good. So then, you know, and her mood, I could just tell by talking to her, not through email, but like directly through Skype, I could tell her mood was a little bit, a little bit down. So then I said, okay, we're going to do a refeed. And sure enough, by the next week, she had lost two pounds. So it's just like, you have to rule out a lot of things. Yes. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah. yeah myself, for yeah, a while. For definitely, yeah. definitely for a while. And then, but that's it. The, the, the sooner you can start paying attention to your body signals and, and yeah. the conversations going on in your head. Yeah. Um, because yeah, like, like you shouldn't be convincing yourself that you need a refeed. It yeah. should be like, you should know, holy shit. No. I, I just, this is a definite, there's no doubt about it. I need more food in me right now if I'm going to continue on yeah. uh, with my day right now. Yep. Yeah. The last time I knew I needed one personally, cause I'm not a huge believer in them for myself anymore, I guess. But uh, last year I, I was on so low calories at the end of my diet that I, I almost passed out in a Best Buy. I was, I was looking at big screen TVs after I worked out. <laughs> Next thing I know, I'm like, I'm all lazy eyed. And, and that night I had a refeed and uh, I was with a bunch of guys and I ended up eating, like there's a bunch of girls there too. I ended up eating half of their meals. <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't stop eating. And everyone was laughing because I had this vein in my head that was like, <laughs> oh yeah, that was like pulsing out. And so, and the next day I felt great and training was great again. So yeah, that's, so when I pass out in a department store, that's what I know. I'm very close to like <laughs> what I need to refeed. So yeah, and I had that after my leg day last week uh, as several days in a, in low calories. And uh, it was at the end of the leg workout and I'm Driving home, I hold. I gotta hurry up and get home, or I'm gonna. So it's a good thing the gym's right around the corner. But uh, uh, yeah, I've been there. So are you? Do you not do refeeds much? Do you kind of keep the low calorie deficit for as long as you possibly can, and basically try to try to hold on to that for for the long term during a cut? I do, man. I like to just like I'm all about. I think the most important thing, whether you're brand new or you know whatever seasoned veteran whatever that means is consistency and like getting in a pattern and just being you know really in tune with what you know what foods work for you and, and your energy levels and, and i just find like when you start throwing in refeeds and and you start looking for you start looking for cues that aren't really there mm-hmm. like if, if you know like if your coach tells you right away oh then we're gonna start having refeeds you're like oh fuck yeah okay when you know when do i get this you know so yeah if you kind of like can't remove that and even for me like coaching myself i just remove that from the equation i just work on yeah. being 90 percent compliant then 95 percent, then 100 percent. then i just yeah then I'll, eventually those yeah I, I will have an occasion where i'm like you know fuck i gotta eat i gotta eat but usually then i could be a little bit more i'll have hard data to look at I'm like okay yeah. scale, you know my measurements aren't improving my, my lifts are dropping you know, I feel like shit. You know, like it, it's 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 time. Yeah. There's definitely a lot of psychology in yeah. around refeeds in particular, but but hunger, it, it it's inherently a negative state, right? It's a signal from your body that something is wrong and needs rectifying. And so it is a constant process of balancing that how far into that spectrum have I gone? Do I need to go to meet my current goals? And knowing when to take, as I say, knowing knowing when to just listen and watch and feel and take it all in and knowing when to act. 
and it, it, it's gray. It's all shades of gray. There's, there's no right answer. And what works for you this time won't work for you next time. And what works for you with these foods won't work for you with those foods. So it's like, there is not a simple answer. It is really, as you say, Scott, like a, a continuous process of observation, record keeping, um, awareness, mindfulness, just actually thinking about it instead of just acting. It was so habitually, uh, conditioned to hunger equals eat, <laughs> you know? It's natural. It's it's what we're supposed to do, but um, you're fighting that all the way. So you need as much data as possible, and you really need to sit and think about it pretty hard. Mm -hmm. and, and sometimes, to be honest, a lot of those cues are just a sign that you know, like, okay, maybe the maybe I got to adjust the diet itself. Maybe I got to bring things. You know, maybe I just got to bring the carbs up a little bit. You know, just make subtle changes. Um, like Reefy's got it's kind of a sledgehammer. Um, that like. It, you know, it's fun. Everyone loves to overeat and have, you know, have big binges. And, uh, but yeah, be careful with that. Like I don't yeah. take, uh, for myself, I don't take like the whole cheat day approach. Oh, that's bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. No, I like my refeed is maybe up to maintenance, like close to maintenance, right? It's not like, go, oh, okay. go crazy, go in a surplus <laughs> or anything. I, it's not drastic. It's just getting in that little bit of extra food to kind of feel normal uh yeah. for a bit yeah yeah i'm not I'm, I'm not big on those like my refeed days are not big refeed days so. yeah. very rare like that maybe once a month uh, yeah i might do something like that or i'll be in a surplus on that refeed day but for the most part my refeeds are still close to maintenance and and maybe just a tiny tiny deficit mm -hmm. yeah well, mine, mine are <laughs> typically a lot bigger um, <laughs> But yeah, that, that's that's a, that's a great point though. That you could easily just call that just a higher card day. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, and then it's and yeah. just change the label, and and it kind of changes the whole how you look at it. Yeah, maintenance yeah. day. You get, you get a deficit day, then a maintenance day, and yeah. it kind of just it that puts it into a different perspective than refeed being balls out cheat day type thing. Yeah, and I'm I'm just blown away how many uh, like I work with a lot of guys, and and just a lot of guys have. You know, unresolved food issues or resolved food issues that like refeeds and shit like that tend, you know, can kind of re trigger that. Oh, without a doubt. And uh, so, yeah, I'm very kind of, yeah, that's one thing I'm cautious with. Yeah. Is, is, are those things. So, all right, let's move on to uh, training here training and listening to your body. A lot, lot of different things going on there. Um, again, kind of, it takes a while to get to the point of auto regulation with your training where I think in the beginning it is, it is very beneficial to have your set plan and going up and wait, like have, have a, a progress map where you want to either bump up the, the poundage that you're lifting, do more reps or add more volume to your training. But uh, there's, mm. as you, as you progress along, it, it really pays to kind of listen to your body where you might have a day where you walk into the gym and you're supposed to lift heavy and, and, and and bump up the weight or bump up the reps and you just don't freaking have it um mm. rather than grind through that a lot of times it's better off just uh dialing it back for that day oh yeah yeah, um, yeah definitely i mean i think there's two there's two i guess there's two axes for like uh auto regulation and listening to your body you know you, you one one axis i think about as fundamentally around injury prevention, basically, right? There are a bunch of signals, a bunch of things that are going to go on in your body. And if you're paying enough attention, 
And if you interpret them correctly, uh, you, you're going to make some better choices. And that's usually around injury prevention. And then there's another whole aspect to it, which is some combination of mindfulness, mind-muscle connection, getting the most out of an individual rep, getting the most out of an individual workout, getting the right amount of effort, uh, sort of trying to gauge in compliance with you, you know, with the plan, with the intent of what you went in there. And or, as you say, listening to your body, if it's just a day where energy levels are low, listening to that and making sense of it. So those two sets of signals can be very similar, actually. And listen to happening something that's saying, oh, you're just a little tired today, push a little harder, dig a little deeper versus that didn't feel quite right. Maybe think about stopping to pick a different exercise, you know, and that signal can look quite similar. Yeah, like I, I should qualify. When I say listening to the body, if it has anything to do with pain or joint restriction or like discomfort in exercise, there's no listening. It's, yes. it's, it's fucking telling me. Yeah, like, exactly. Don't do it. You know, it's like, it, it's I agree. I, yeah. Totally. Right. But the challenge with that is yeah. when, yeah, the pain signals from like a, a muscle being worked at close to capacity and the pain signal of a muscle that is complaining because it's, ever so slightly out of alignment, disagrees with this exercise, or is still under duress from the previous workout, it's pretty similar on times, and it's caught me out a number of times. With experience, you can pick it up eventually, mm-hmm. but especially when you've got like a bunch of people banging on the drum, which is like beast mode, go harder, no pain, no gain, go big, go home, doesn't matter, like the list is endless, right? So uh, it doesn't help when you've got that mindset going in, or you've got that you know, sort of drum being banged that when you go in, you're like, wow, this actually hurts quite a bit, but I've got to just push through, you know, picking out the difference between impending doom (laughs) and a good workout. (laughs) You need to get smart pretty quick. We definitely, we need, we need clear, we're an industry where we do not have clear definitions for a lot of different things, whether it's intensity or pain. And yeah, it freaking hurts like hell when you're working through that burn, that, that, that crazy lactic acid buildup where your muscles is breaking down. Like it's, but you can mentally keep, you can push through it when you know it's that kind of burn. But if it's a pain, you're like, this is, this is killing me. Like when I'm doing a crazy intense lunge, set or jumping lunges or jumping squats or, or even leg press where I'm cranking out a high rep leg press 10 reps. I may like be burning, but I'm like mentally I can flip that switch and keep, I can almost push out 10, 15 more where I could have easily given up at 10, but that, that burn, it's, it's almost embracing that burning sensation and embracing that pain. Uh, but if I feel it in my knees and my joints and the tendons, yeah. that's a, to me, that's a different thing. Yeah. I, I, it doesn't feel anything near that pain that I'm working through um, to work through that burn. Um, so it's different. I, I wouldn't label it pain. It's, yeah. it's a, it's a fucking on fire burn. Uh, I don't know. We need a different definition for that kind of thing. Cause yeah, I, that whole no pain, no gain thing doesn't sit too well. Uh, but again, I think that's just where a lot of a lot of relatively, well, you know, beginner to intermediate trainees are going to struggle. They're going to. It takes a while to really. I'm not talking about like you know you, when you're doing something and your knee your kneecap feels like it's going to fly off. Something's clearly wrong. Uh, but but it, it it can be very subtle, and it, and I, and I find it a lot. And I think you know going back to mindfulness and, and thinking about you know when you're doing something like leg press, leg extensions, any kind of quad work, 
or, or any or any kind of exercise, you, you know where you should be feeling it. And so part of that mindfulness, part of that thinking needs to be in, if you're feeling it somewhere where you shouldn't, that that's a cue. You know, that's something to pay attention to. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. I have zero, I have a zero tolerance policy for that now. I just, it's like any pain whatsoever, that kind of pain, like, yeah, you know, any yeah. type of joint or just doesn't feel right, stop. Just because there's like, there's so many workarounds. Like there's, you know, every, every conceivable thing that you're trying to accomplish, there's, there's a dozen workarounds. So you don't have to be, you know, a slave to this one particular exercise. Like, again, unless you're, unless that's your sport, unless yeah. your sport, yeah. unless your sport sure. is performing this exercise. So that's like, that's completely different, you know, topic then. Then you better, then you just got to reinforce your technique somehow. But if it's, if you're just doing this for, you know, to look better, to get bigger, to lose weight or, or whatever, like I just always say, just stop, you know, reassess or we'll find a workaround. I mean, yeah, yeah, definitely. Especially guys over 35, 40. I think it's crucially important for us. Um, but I, I don't want to peg it to just us. Like I wish I could tell my 18, 25 slap you in the head for some of the stuff that I continue to do, even though I, I felt that discomfort, even if it wasn't pain, it's just, some of those things, uh, some of the incline benching that I was doing, that I could I could feel something going on in there, but just just keep grinding through it, or the lower back on some deadlift, just 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 keep pushing through that shit, man. This is this is the point when you're in your forties where you start to really feel those mistakes that you made back then. So I, I, I really encourage the younger guys to get, grasp this concept a hell of a lot sooner. If you feel any discomfort yeah. or pain, I can move on, do other shit. There's so yeah. much you can do. Uh, why get hung up on something just because it's in your program or you see someone else doing it? Yeah, totally. And, and you mentioned the program. Like, that's the biggest thing, too. I mean, like, if you're going to listen, you know, to use that phrase, listen to your body in a training context. Like, like, if you're trying to get strong, I'm a big believer in you probably shouldn't deviate too much from your program. That You should ideally, that's where you, you know, the whole gross and balls thing, you know, just really try to hit your numbers. I mean, that, that works for strength, I find. Um, but if you're you know, you try to get bigger. I think there's more room to call audibles, like add some volume here. If you feel it, like you've got that inclination. Um, if you just feel like you just can't work enough, one of those days, like everything's clicking then do a little bit more, you know, yeah. that bring the intensity down, down to a little more volume. Yeah, but I would say having the courage to, yeah. to change an exercise when you feel something isn't right. I think that is growing balls right there. I think that's, that's a big, that's well, a, no, like, cause it's a big step in maturity when you when you can recognize that and say, you know what, fuck it, I, I don't, I shouldn't be doing this right now. I, I should be moving on. Yep. Yeah, like like strength. When I say strength, that it assumes like you're dealing in you know reps, typically reps under five or sets of under five reps. So I mean, if you just because you got the urge to do more, you can quickly dig a hole. You know what I mean? If you're doing deadlifts and you're like, you know, oh man, I feel great today. I'm going to do three more sets. You know, like you can very quickly dig a hole that. You just won't recover from. Whereas we train for hypertrophy, now you're doing sets of like ten to fifteen reps. You're doing you know, curls and shit like that. You're not going to do much damage. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? You know, damage in, in a recovery context. So that's why I think the stakes are a little bit higher when you're training for strength. To yeah. try to stick to your program and when in doubt, do less. When you're tra- like, because you're just because there's yep. so so much more potential to screw everything up. Oh, yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. So. Yeah, the ledge is definitely narrower for sure. You're walking yeah. a narrower ledge without doubt. Yeah. I think another thing, you know, g- going on to the, 
or, or, or sort of staying on topic, but this catches me out a lot. So this is what I'm sharing, which is you can barbell curls. Do, do, do you do that first set? Very light, just a warm up. Elbow joints a little. Yeah, it's kind of, kind of a little. There's a few small complaints in there. You're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not that's not it's not great, but it's not terrible. So you do a warm up set. You know, limp, you take take another minute or two. Come in, do a second warm up set. It's definitely a little better. And then by the you know you're getting ready to do that first working set, things seem pretty straight. Um, I get that a lot. Where yeah, how do you feel three days later? Right. So. It varies. <laughs> it varies. <laughs> um, you know, sometimes I think I'm reading those right. I'm getting like a pretty good feel for. Yep, this is. You know, this is not not normal, but this is acceptable. This is an acceptable tolerance. This is just you warm up carefully uh, versus something. You know, yes, everything is going to get. You know, by the time you get some blood in there, some heat in there, and, and a little more inflammation in there, everything is going to feel fine, and the nerves will sort of calm down. You can train normally is very different to you know just needing a little bit more of a warm up. But again, like it's an area where I catch myself out quite a lot. Yeah, yeah. and even like the execute how you're executing the, the movement. I see people completely abandon an exercise. They go, "Oh, back squat hurts my knees every time," or "Lunges hurt my knees," and they look at their their setup, <laughs> and, it, and it's their setup that's <laughs> completely off. It's not the machine. You're just it's what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. How you're how you're performing that that right. exercise? You get them to change their foot position just a little bit. There, oh fuck, that feels amazing, and they they would have completely given up on that exercise. Yep. it was a bad exercise, um, but it was yeah. just how they were performing the exercise. Bad, but it, it pays to kind of listen to those different things and and try out different positions. Uh, and again, that's where awareness comes into play. Yeah, exactly. It's like a lot of people shoulder pressing. Like they'll 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 be kind of apprehensive. And then they'll warm up and like, hey, this feels good. And they'll do some sets and like, this is actually really good. And then end of the workout, they're like, fuck yeah, get overhead press again. Like, That's I'm, right. This is great. And yeah. then the next day, two days later, they're like, oh, you know, <laughs> they can't, you know, can't even, you know, can't even type at work or certainly not squash. Or anything. So, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> so it's like, fuck, dude, you gotta be a little bit more, you gotta look big picture, though. Big picture. Yeah, definitely been there. Definitely been there. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I mean, so we're, we've talked a bit about like injuries, avoiding injuries, and awareness in that sense, and and learning when to to cut things back. But I think uh, where the fun part comes into play with training and awareness is the, that that mind muscle connection thing, and, yeah. and being able to take an exercise and make the subtle little adjustments that aren't even visible to the naked eye. The the intentions, mm -hmm. the, the the squeezing the hands inward on a bar or outward or um, just in a row, driving your elbows a little bit out or keeping them a little bit in and just making the subtle little changes, mm -hmm. uh, maybe even driving. Like I see a lot of people rowing and, and they're coming up high. Their shoulders are up high, like shoulders down and yeah, drive your yeah. elbows down towards your hips. Do you feel it in a different area in a muscle? And yeah. I, I like that kind of yeah. playfulness. That, that's, to me, that's the, the, fun, scent, the fun aspect of Definitely. awareness and listening to your body while you're training it uh, mm -hmm. i love that component definitely yeah yeah and as i always tell people like back in time like you know 30 40 years there's all these exercise variations that just nobody does anymore and you know yeah some of them were yeah some of them were useless and some of them were at best uh you know just trivial changes but there's a bunch that are 
it's different ways to work the muscle that at, at the very least they keep you mentally engaged. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just, and in some cases it, it can just really kickstart, you know, you know, I don't know if new growth, but certainly just a new love of training. It's different. It's a different yeah. stimulus. And, like, I love all these old books, man. I got like a, is it my other Vince Garage? Yeah, yeah, I got like, <laughs> yeah, I got the, I just yeah. always go through them, like my Bill Pearl books. I mean, there's just these oh, little, yeah. little tweaks that you can do. Um, and again, at, at the very least, it just keeps your, your, your mind open to ways to, to do exercise. Without being pigeonholed. Like, people are, they, they do like six exercises. It's like, fuck, dude, you know, expand your repertoire. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And how you train them. It's yeah. a completely different feel. There's so many different training techniques and tactics you can use for that same exercise that can produce it completely. Totally different, different feel. Um, yeah, yeah and I think I think the thing that I really love about this is um, it just it really forces you to be present in the moment. It just block out all the distractions. I think you gain so much more from your training session. Not only do your do your muscles benefit a lot more, but mentally, uh, even from a stress reducing aspect, because you blocked out all that shit for your hour hour and a half. Um, it's just, I think you walk out of that gym a, a better person overall just for that, that mental focus that you put into the training. I think that, that practice in itself can carry over to, to other areas in your life as well. Yep. Absolutely. I mean, you know, that that mindfulness, that, that kind of mind-muscle connection, when you're, I mean, two classics, right? Any kind of horizontal pull, any kind of vertical pull. So, you, you know, you've got huge slabs of meat on your back and your lats and I hope, you know, and traps, rhomboids and everything else. You've got, you've got a lot of back muscle and you do any one of those two exercises. The vast majority of people really struggle to feel those exercises in the target muscle instead like burning out arms, burning out biceps, brachialis, like they're just, they're taxing everything, teres major, they're, they're taxing everything but the sort of large muscles. And just by taking a weight down, really playing with angles, playing with body position trying to make that connection to the muscle itself you, you can really feel a difference i can i can dramatically feel a difference when i turn my hands into hooks instead of gripping the dumbbell in a death grip and do bent over rows right if you just use a hook grip keep your elbow snug to your body slightly forward lean you know just like take the dumbbell slightly forward just 10 degrees it's not a lot and then like contract that lat on the way up with a hooked hand, it's dramatically different to gripping the dumbbell and rowing up and down. And it, you only get that if you're looking for it. You have to actually look. You actually have to spend some time, some cycles, and actually think about what's going on. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big believer in that, man. I'm just, uh, again, especially as the injury starts to accumulate or, or even if you would reach a, a growth plateau and everyone, everyone does, kind of going back and just, what am I trying to do here? You know, am I engaging with what, the muscle? Am I feeling it where I'm supposed to be feeling it? Should I try something else? You know, mm-hmm. it's just, yeah. Yep. I think other areas, um, well, even rest days, programming in, in rest days, some, sometimes it's, uh, well, for myself, designing programs and going through programs for a couple of decades here, it's, it's kind of, I know when I'm setting up a program where that rest day needs to be put in place. Um, but sometimes life kind of throws in little, little, um, I don't know, challenges where it, your rest day, you're going to move it. And, uh, for us, uh, for example, this week, uh, we're taking the weekend off of training. Normally we'd be training today and taking Sunday off. So knowing that, uh, knowing that we were going to have two days off 
at that point, we kind of shifted our, we didn't take a, a rest day earlier in the week that should have been there. Uh, and definitely we noticed for, for both of us, our strength went way down for that work. And we could feel right. Even though I walked in the gym feeling good, like feeling ready to attack that workout. It wasn't until <laughs> the first working set where I'm like, holy shit, does this feel heavy? And I was all excited. I was really expecting to bump up the weight for that workout. And uh, no, it just, it, it wasn't the case. So it's just getting, knowing, listening to your body and knowing when to kind of take a rest day is important. And as well as um, if you're incorporating some form of cardio uh, into your training, I think different, really knowing how different splits uh, impact your, your body and where to kind of get cardio in there. Or sometimes cardio can be a, a no-go and you may have to just stick with brisk walking instead. Mm -hmm. I find that's my case mm -hmm. right now. I was really enjoying cardio on my, my previous plan. It was a more of a body part split routine mm -hmm. here on this upper lower split. I find doing any form Ooh. of cardio or hit, forget it. I, I just, mm -hmm. I can't recover enough between the workouts. My, my workouts will suffer. Whereas before the cardio was enhancing my performance in a certain split. So now I just find forget the cardio this this phase just brisk walk and do the active recovery and keep myself moving that way so a lot of listening to the body there even though i i would love to get in that cardio to increase that uh, caloric deficit um, burn a bit more fat it's i'm better off just not uh, not doing it uh, for this yeah. month yeah absolutely absolutely i'm my new thing is rest months i'm, I'm starting to, i'm serious i'm starting to think yeah the more I program people, the more I think people need more, not rest, like sitting in a bed, like sure. an IV, yeah. but just like, you know, still exercising, still working out, but just different focus, you know, more on like just the love of exercise thing, just get it, you know, getting sweat and everything. Yeah. You know, just to recharge the batteries and then fucking get it, you know, twice as hard. Yeah. So it is. That's the ebb and flow right yeah. there. Knowing when yeah. to do that. I think there's, it, yeah. it's for us who have been, programming for years it, it's a little bit easier to, to know where to program something that in there but <laughs> you never start with that yeah <laughs> yeah yeah right it's yeah, really uh you kind of and you know you know when your body's feeling pretty beat up and uh you need a bit of a break but and yeah it's a time to yeah rest month <laughs> i like rest that deload month yeah. uh, but hey all those terms it's just it's a fun it, you yeah. it's a fun month it's playtime there where you get to yeah. get to do some other different shows. Well, you know, 90% of this game is mental, right? So you, you've yeah. got to give your brain, you got to give your mind a break and your body a break. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Those are times where I really like including uh, a lot of single limb movements, yeah, single leg, totally. leg presses, Romanian deadlifts, uh, uh, step ups, different stuff for the legs. They're just, yeah, it's a little totally. easier, but it, it, because you're going lighter. Um, I think that's a great, opportunity to um, really become mindful mm -hmm. uh, and aware and uh, really listening to your body because you can kind of pick out any yeah. uh, imbalance. Start working on one limb at a time. You're, Damn, things definitely feel exactly. a little bit different and, and it really helps totally. to, um, kind of work some of that out. That's right. When you're trying to get maximum strong, that is not the time start introducing new lifts, you know, because right. like, oh, you know, I want to, I want to see how this works. That's when you want to use, you know, your, your breadship, the stuff that, you know, 
know, you've, you've been coached on it by somebody who's really good. And just, it's like walking to you. You know, it's like second nature. Those, that's great for strength. You don't want to mess with that. But yeah, right. then you got to have phases where you do other shit. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Very cool, it's man. Scary. Guys, I think this has been a hell of a freaking conversation. This has been a lot of fun. Time has flown by. Um, any any closing statements? Closing arguments? Closing arguments, yeah. No, I mean, for me, I was only going to ask, like, do you guys uh, have you consistently or tried any kind of like auto regulation in your workouts? Specific oh. techniques? Whether you um, like using rate of perceived exertion to like try and actually measure and monitor and adjust like no i'm not going to use the word intensity because that simply is load on the bar but you know what i mean uh, effort um or you know you've got people like delanave right with his with his listen you know you sort of test before every exercise and you test after every yeah. set and you listen to your body like and there's a huge following for that and uh, you know there's there seems to be some good science in it uh, i just wondered if you guys have tried anything in particular and had some success with something like that i i don't I don't have a scale that I go by uh, an RP or anything. I just know if I can, I, I lift that. Like I said, this, this week when we did the, uh, the bench press and I'm like right away, I'm like, fuck, I, this feels heavy. It's not a day where I'm going to be trying to bump up and wait there. It's, it's a day where I'm going to take a little bit, take it easy a little bit more and, and, and dial things back. That's, Kind of yeah. just, my form of autoregulation, um, and just and just knowing when an exercise just doesn't feel right and changing yeah. things out. But no, I'm not at the end of every workout having my RP scale and going what, circling it. Yeah, yeah, I was a seven today. I don't fucking know if I was a seven yeah. or a nine or whatever. Mm. I gave it. I did my best today, and and uh, yeah. Um, yeah, it wasn't balls out pushing to failure type thing, but it was it was a solid effort. I just try to give my not my, I guess you can get caught up in what, what your best effort is. Well, but there's there's days where I'm not going to. Exactly. I'm going to leave another rep in the tank type yep. thing. And yeah, yeah. So kind of, and that was one of the, that was the case. It like, yeah, just, I, I had to leave an extra rep in the tank and uh, mm. yeah, it paid off. And that was, it was just because I just, I just didn't have it that day. I wasn't recovered enough from the yeah. previous work. Well, that's the thing is, I know certainly at, right after I get in there, what I want to, what ideally I should be able to accomplish. Yep. So I have my whatever, however many exercises, I know how much weight I list, lifted last time and for how many reps. So I know that. And then it all just depends on what my goal is. If, you know, if it's, if it's a, a pure strength phase, you know, I'm a little more apt to like, if, if things aren't going up, like, then I would be apt to like, okay, I'm going to call it. Just gonna, you know, just get in some lighter work today and, and try again next time. But if it's a hypertrophy phase, I'll, I would do a different type of auto. Maybe I would change the, I would change the exercise. Maybe I would change the rep range. There's, there, I would just, there's more cards to play. I find, um, again, I just, I've always believed that like hypertrophy is much more of a, I don't want to say holistic process because that sounds like hippy dippy bullshit. But there's like, there's different ways to fatigue the muscle. Maybe it's, it's and if something's not working that particular day, I've got so many other things that I can do. Um, you know, whether it's changing exercises or changing the order or changing the rest interval or just different ways to overload the muscle. Yeah. You know, yeah. You know metabolic stress, like whatever, you know what I mean? Um, and then there's fat loss. 
And I, yeah, how do I auto-regulate the training during that? Well, again, there's a lot of moving parts. Well, how low are my calories? Like, how are my calories? If I've done a bunch of cardio, if I feel just like, like total dog shit, I will probably just do something else entirely, some form of exercise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and sleep. Sleep's a yeah. huge thing. So <laughs> oh, yeah. That's going to have, that's gonna have a big impact on how I train. Yeah. Just, just the biggest thing is just if it's pure strength, then I think those type of measures are a lot more important in my opinion. Yeah. But, then, will, yeah. but then again, there's a, like, that was a strength focused day that I was supposed to do this week. And my plan was to bump up the numbers. And even though we, we should have had a day of rest prior to that, I felt really good going into the gym. Mm-hmm. And my, what my plan was to bump that shit out. But, yeah. uh, but it wasn't until I got to the my working weight where I was like, oh, my God, this is heavy. There's yeah. no way I can do this. So I'm not going to just because it's in the program to bump it up. Yep. I, I'm not going to do it for the sake of doing it. It's not. I was much better off just sticking with what I uh, what I did the previous week. I just yeah, I just do think it's funny, though, like that everybody thinks, you know, because, of you know, Jim Wendler's book was so immensely popular. And it's such a great book at five three one. But now everyone. <laughs> Everyone following every possible variation of program thinks that okay, month four or week four, I got a deload. I got a deload. Right. It's just like it's like no, that, that might be a week where you're like, I got it, yeah. man. Like, it's it's like, why oh. use why waste that, that freaking yeah. strength and energy that you have right now? We fucking give her take your deload. It's gonna happen. It's gonna happen to yep. you. Well, the big problem with all those things, right? Is life is not on the same schedule as your program. No, no. Right. <laughs> It's not on a four-week schedule. Who God knows what's going to happen in four weeks' time. Yeah, yeah. So. It's like a Dave Tate said, like unless you're like moving serious weight, like you're what you're the top one percent of strength. Like if your if your life, family life, work life, whatever, social life doesn't give you an occasional deload, then you probably need to get a family life, get a social life. You know, get you know, like life should give you force deloads now and yep. again. Whatever, your kid gets sick, you know, whatever, you go to freaking Disneyland. I don't know. Like, you shouldn't have to program in these deloads. I mean, you should be mindful of it. If you've gone week, yeah. you, know, you know, months after month or whatever without, you know, modulating things, you should be mindful of that. But, yeah, it's it's kind of funny. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, I guess to... I guess that answers a question that we don't yeah. we don't necessarily have our, our RPE yeah. set in place yeah. and yeah, there's there's going to be a certain programming where the it's going to be a little bit lower. I'm not going to be giving it everything that I got, yeah. uh, but for the most part, I am. I'm I'm in the gym. I want to work intelligently. Um, yeah, yeah. It's it's not. Yeah, it's just that whatever you've got is going to be different workout to workout, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. For That's sure. the key. And the other thing too, somebody who's very new, their rate of perceived exertion is completely different than somebody who's much more seasoned. Yeah. Sure. Oh, it's definitely an, it's definitely something you have to grow into, without a doubt. Yeah. So and and just yeah, like I said, this is ninety percent mental, right? You're a you depending on where you are in your head on a given day, you you can find an extra ten reps, Scott. In your case, if you really had to, just because it's you, you're using that kind of weight, it's medium intensity work. Yeah. If you really dig deep, you can find ten more reps. Well, where's your RP on that sort of thing? So that's why it gets tough. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that line is pretty gray. I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying it right now. I'm finding it pretty useful just for a couple of things. It really does kind of help me make smarter choices to some degree. So if I'm really shooting for the 12 to 15 rep range ish, uh, and I put some weight on the bar and, you know, I'm, I'm 
failing at 10. I've picked the wrong load and it's useful. It's just a good cue for me. It's not that I sort of record every single set and say that was an RP 7.5, that was a nine. It's more a case of you had some intent here. You had a, you had a goal to sort of like eke out progression over time. Yeah. Um, this is the sort of load you're looking at. This is the intensity you wanted to be working at. And look, you're getting it wrong or today it's wrong. Even if it's, even if it's a case of today, I've got low energy and it's wrong. It's still a good cue for me. It helps with the mindfulness. It puts the thought in my mind. And if for no other reason, the RPE has been quite useful for that alone. It's making me look for the signal versus just train to failure, train to failure, set to failure, set to failure, you know, whatever that level might be, which I do a lot and I and my body feels it. So this actually forces me to think, have you got a rep or two in the tank or not? And if you haven't, you, you, you're pushing the envelope a little bit this set, this set, this set, you know, repeatedly. So I found it useful for that. It's it's a good cue more than some silver bullet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess just trying to put a label on something. I think it's it's, it's yeah. a little bit tough, but yeah, it's. I always like I know the rep I'm going for. I know the weight that I lifted last week. I have an idea of what I'm going to do this week. Um, yeah, but in terms of failure, yeah, I, I'm pretty good at knowing when I have a rep in the tank and I may go for like the very last set of each exercise, um, a couple of weeks out of the month, my workout partner will help me just barely move it. I'm not making him work all that much. It's just having him help me just gently push out one more rep and still with good quality form. I'm not freaking struggling under the bar, using every muscle possible to get it up there and breaking my workout partner's back to get it up. It's just, instead of leaving that one rep in the tank, it's, it's doing that rep and maybe needing a tiny bit of help to get through the sticking point sure. and being able to finish it off on my own there. So uh, I, I, I tend to be picky with how I go about that. I think those kind of reps are very useful when they're strategically put in your plan. Definitely not yeah. something I see guys doing that on every single set, every single set they're training to failure and every single yeah. set their workout partner is spotting them with great effort. <laughs> two workouts. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 I think if I put an RPE, um, I, I, I toyed with client programming for a while, but I found I kept putting the same numbers in all the time. Yeah. You know, so it's just like, typically like you don't want to take sets to bitter, utter failure unless it's indicated like on a specific time. Um, and obviously you don't want to mail it in either unless that's indicated for a specific time. So I, I just found it's just, it, it, for me, it just for, for, from a practical standpoint, I just, you know, you go to like a, a positive failure on most sets and maybe yeah. on periodically you hold back a little bit less and maybe some weeks you go a little bit more for one or two sets, yeah. you know, per workout. Um, so I just, call programming, I just do that. Yeah. I just call it out. Yeah. It, it's proven pretty useful on this program for me too, just because I, it, my, my split at the moment is I do lower upper uh, on the first two days of the week. So it's a lower session and upper session. Take a day's rest. And I do legs, push and pull um, for three days and then take a final day's rest. So it's a five-day program. So I'm getting hitting the whole body twice. The latter half of the week, the push-pull at the end, I, I'm, I'm trying to just moderate the intensity of that workout a little bit. It's similar rep ranges, but again, I want to be a couple of reps. I'm trying to be a couple of reps shy at, at least from from failure whereas earlier in the week the the, the upper lower split I'm, I'm i'm all in on those that that's like my 
heavier side of the week, for one of a better term, my more intense. See, I would do the opposite. I would do the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> why, why, why do you do the opposite? Because your your hypertrophy workout that yeah. you should have that room, <laughs> the lighter load, and you should be able to. Yeah. It's safer to push the limit there than it is in that upper oh, lower. That's side. right. The intensity is pretty much the same. It's not. I'm not. I'm, I'm trying not to go under six on anything at the moment. It just. I'm too beat up right now to be yeah. working. I did a whole month of threes and it nearly killed me. Um, so, you know, I've been in the six, six is as low as we're going right now. Um, and even later in the week, it's, it's ten, tens and twelves. Um, but yeah, I, I have, I have been trying to save a little later in the week just so I'm not so beat up going into the heavier, the more intense work. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. I, I, I'm just, I would do the exact opposite. I would treat those first two days like, I'll go heavier, but there'd be reps in the hole. Like really yeah. perform. Yep. Like say if I'm doing five reps, I'd use a weight that I could probably get seven with. Yep. Lots, you know, all those reps in the hole. At the end of the week, yeah, fuck it. It's, that's what I that's <laughs> yeah. what it's like. That's like where I'm that's saying, you probably have that. more isolation exercise in there. Yeah, it's easier, time, easier to push. That's fucking cable time. Cable time. That's just cable time. It's like my RPG is like, like it's off the charts, man. It's, uh, it's awesome. <laughs> it, it, but it is it is uh, different. Like think, thinking of RPE. And... <laughs> I love it. I was playing ladies. Uh, I was playing ladies hip hop this morning during my workout. That's right, man. <laughs> like that workout that I dialed back this week. I. It's easy to say oh, my RP would be lower because I, I I went lighter in weight, but. I was a lot more focused with the movement because I went lighter. I was feeling more contraction. It, it was more intense in my mind because the focus was a hell of yeah. a lot greater. So I still gave that workout my very best effort, even though the weight was a little bit lighter. So my R RPE is always friggin' up there. It's just how I'm gauging that effort is going to be a yep. little bit different. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Boys, this is a hell of a conversation. We covered some ground. We covered some ground. We did indeed. We did indeed. Outstanding. Well, I, I would say that's a, that's a wrap. In closing, uh, this is freaking awesome. Um, all right. In closing, I'd say go check our sites, metabolicmaster.com, briancron.com, visceralshift.com. It's a mouthful. Uh, we're, we're, we can't call Brian Cron, can we? Yeah, I'm not going to spell that. Right <laughs> <now>. <laughs> I just think we're at my office. I wish I had a cable station, man. I'd be hitting some right now. <laughs> <laughs> like, over the top, Stallone? Like, just the little legs. Why should you do some curls? Outstanding. Love it. All right, guys. Bye, boys. Awesome. We'll catch All everyone right. next time. See you later. Ooh.